Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Dr. Psych Mom Show. Today, I am going to talk about how to figure out what you really want when you're dating and um, how to not get caught up in the idea that there is some perfect human that has to check all of these different boxes, but rather to just try to find somebody that you love. And before I get into this um, important topic for anybody who is dating again or dating the first time, uh, let me first ask you to please subscribe to my podcast. Click on the subscribe link. And um, you will get access to all of my different podcasts that are not accessible to the everyday non-paying listener. Um, Okay, so obviously I work with a lot of people who are dating and sometimes I see this idea that... um, you know, you need to find somebody who checks all these different boxes and that is how you are going to meet your soulmate in this sort of algorithmic way. And it shouldn't come as a surprise that this doesn't work um, because if you just think about basic math, I mean, I'm not real good at math, but even I know if you multiply a fraction by a fraction, you get like a smaller fraction. So like if you're looking for like, you know, for the 10 out of 20 people that like CrossFit and then the 3 out of 40 people that are Democrats and then the whatever, whatever out of, you know, by the time you you like go on your dating app and you're looking for all these different ratios of all these different people, you're going to get to like a number that might as well be uh, imaginary, which I don't think means a very small fraction, but it uh, might as well for our purposes. So the point here is I have seen so many people that start dating and fall in love and I did that also after um, my first marriage and uh, nobody that is really in love is like and you know what the best part is is they check off every box out of these 150 boxes or even 12 boxes or whatever that I had that is never why people fall in love with other people just like it's not why you love your children you know or your best friend or anybody else So, but then, of course, there's going to be the naysayers and the devil's advocates that say, but what about uh, things that are extremely important to you and didn't you write about these major areas of compatibility in your blog? And, of course... Of course, there are certain large dimensions of human compatibility that I am not talking about. So, for example... Uh, If a man makes $150,000 a year or $200,000 a year or $100,000 a year, like, does this really matter? No, it doesn't. 
if a man doesn't have a job, does that matter? Yeah, that matters. You know, you're not going to have a lot in common uh, if you have a job and he doesn't have a job. You're also not going to be able to go out to eat and split the bill. So that would matter. But really similar work ethic in that situation would matter. If you want a man with kids, and I really do highly recommend having a man with kids if you have had kids, because a lot of times men who've never had kids, they just literally do not even understand what you're talking about. And it's like you're talking a different language. And the best are the ones who said, but I have a dog. No, I get that. I'm sure you love your dog, but that is not similar. Um, anyhow, yeah, okay, so let's say having kids doesn't matter if he has three kids, if he has 12 kids, if he has one kid, if it is a child that is an adult, if it's a child that is five. No, it really doesn't. How about things like his job title or his education level? All that you really need to be um, worried about, by the way, in terms of intelligence is how that is operationalized. Does this man know how to do things in the world or does he not? Do you think he's smart? If you talk to him and somebody told you that he was a PhD, would that seem crazy to you or would you say, oh, I could see that? You know, you, you need somebody who you think is smart. That's it. And by the way, plenty of PhDs are not that smart. Myself excluded. I'm very smart. <laughs> but he here's the thing. You need to think deeply about what is going to make you happy on your deepest level forever. So usually what this means is nice. Somebody who's nice to you, that will make you happy forever. And somebody who you respect. Now, a lot of respecting somebody, quite honestly, is you. Like you have to be somebody who is a person that respects other people. If you are a negative, cynical person that could see the stupidity in what anybody said, you know, then you are not probably ready to date. And you should do some introspection on your own about why you can be so negative and critical about everybody. Because it's not just going to be the people that you date. You're probably critical about everybody. You were probably raised in a critical home. But if you so so let's let's say that you are an open-minded non-judgmental person which is saying a lot a lot of people have to work on those things but let's say that you've achieved that and you are an open-minded non-judgmental person that and you respect others just as a default you believe that humans should be respected okay so there are certain things that you are going to respect more than others so you may respect somebody who could come off like a PhD you may respect somebody who's really good working with their hands you may respect somebody that's made a lot of money you may respect somebody because they're a good dad you may respect somebody because they they uh, work out at CrossFit 50 times a week and they are super hot. I mean, whatever you respect is cool, but you need to respect your person. They have to be nice to you and you have to have physical chemistry. If you don't have physical chemistry, I can't help you. Nobody can help you. No marital counselor down the line can help you. You are fucked because you're trying to go against nature. Nature makes people physically attractive to one another for a reason. People like each other's pheromones for a reason. If you do not instinctively on any level want to breed with somebody, then nature is telling you that you're not attracted to them and this relationship will not work out. Can you be friends with that person? Sure. Do most people need um, more friends that the, they met off of Tinder? No, no. So just don't. Don't talk to this person anymore if you're not attracted to them. Get through the date nicely and then say, uh, no thanks, I don't think it was a fit. But anyhow, these are the major three things that you need. And now in terms of all of my other posts about compatibility, they really boil down to these things. 
if the person is nice to you and if you respect them. So do you respect their beliefs across an array of areas? Sure. Can you respect their beliefs even if you don't agree with them? Sure. This is why people with different politics used to be able to get married. I think they can still get married, but this is now a counterculture opinion. Um, so for the people that are really into politics and could never imagine marrying somebody from the opposing party, then I guess that's one of your things. But don't sacrifice on them being nice and kind and that you respect them. Don't just marry like like any Democrat, you know, like it would have to be also these things that I'm saying because those are the most important things. When people stay together, despite not liking somebody, not respecting them and not being attracted to them, those are the people I see. And the prognosis is not good. If th- Those are the three key variables. And honestly, if you think about it, those are the ones that you would most want your child to be in a relationship with somebody where they're nice to him, where they each respect each other, and where, you know, there is some spark and some romantic feel. So what about if you are the sort of person that does have a 10-point list and you find it very anxiety-provoking to get rid of the list? Well, I'll tell you. I was a little girl. had had like a 20-point list at like age six. I was precocious in my anxiety. I was raised in a neurotic Jewish home. And um, I had like this list and it was like all my worries. And one of my worries is what if I, what if I fall in love with someone who isn't Jewish? This was a big worry for me. I was six. I had many other worries as well. They were equivalently stupid. But to me, it wasn't stupid because this was something that I was told all the time is that you have to do this. So guess what? The adult version is is not that different from my version. It was something that I was told. So I thought that it had to happen. And I never really thought about why or what it could be like. So if you're a woman that thinks that you need to be with a man who makes a half a million dollars a year and drives a Porsche, why? Why? Is that something that the media is telling you? Is that something that you grew up thinking? Was that what your father was like or what he wanted to be like? You have to deeply interrogate any things on your list and really understand where they're coming from. And if you could be deeply happy with somebody who did not have these specific crazy variables. A big one that I hear with women is height. So like if height is super important to you, then I mean, okay, but what if the guy was, and I always say this in therapy, they're like, oh, I, I want like a five ten or up or something like that. And I'm like, so if the perfect guy came and he's five nine, so he doesn't get through your filter, then what? How are you going to feel then? You know, I mean, well, it doesn't make any sense. And what if he was even more perfect, but he's five eight? I mean, it's as silly as saying I'll only date a woman who uh, weighs 110 pounds, you know? So then what about a woman who weighs 111 pounds? It, it, these sorts of really sharp cutoffs never really work, you know, because they are usually uh, springing from anxiety and it's anxiety about how other people will perceive you and it's anxiety about how... Um, it, it, you, you've been trained to think a certain way and then you're anxious about casting off this way just as people are anxious about any sort of change. So if you are a person that's dating on apps, why don't you, practically speaking, uh, take something from this podcast episode and change one of your filters? I mean, another one is age. A woman dates, uh, th- uh, let's say, 35 to 45. 
So what about 46? Why? Why not? What about 47? And so when people really deeply think about it, they're like, well, shit, I don't know. And then they usually say something like, well, you gotta have some cutoff, <laughs> which is like so silly. Like as though like if, if, if they like avert their eyes, they're going to end up with an 80 year old man because somehow he's going to get through the filter because I just made them be so flexible that it's dangerous because now they're going to be sitting across from like their grandfather. No, that doesn't happen. Obviously, case by case, you can decide who you date. But I say the more people who get through your filter, the better. The more people you get to meet, the more you learn about yourself, the more experiences you have that can help you grow. Maybe you'll date the 47-year-old guy who's 5'8 and doesn't make six figures and he'll be amazing. Maybe it won't be the guy you marry, but it'll be the guy that makes you rethink everything that you thought about your filters. Or maybe it will be the guy you marry. Or maybe a guy will just be really good in bed. Who the hell knows? Every experience is good. So... What I am challenging you to do is to loosen up the constrictions in your mind around this and other things that you may be rigid about in the dating marketplace. Now, again, I want you not to be rigid, but there are certain things that should be immutable. And so to cover, again... If somebody is not nice to you, this is not changeable. If you do not respect them at the beginning, you are never going to start. And if you are not attracted to them, this is not going to grow. Okay, like if, if you you may not be a woman who thinks about tearing a man's clothes off uh, at the first date, no matter what. Fine. But you should not think that they are ugly or that they are weird looking or that they are kind of um, disgusting in some way or another. This will never get better. It will only get worse no matter what their personality is like. You could really like them and respect them and you still will never want to have that much sex with them or sex with them at all. So you should get out of this right away if this is the issue. And so many people might say, so if I loosen up these requirements, then it seems like I'm going to be going on a lot of dates and I really don't have the time or whatever, the money, if you're a guy, (laughs) to go on so many dates. No, that is really not how things work. And again, it's a very anxiety-driven perspective. Only anxious people really see that being more flexible is bad. Like they can find like a million reasons for why being more flexible and more open-minded will actually lead to like, will will be ruinous, you know? And this is not the case. What will really happen is you're gonna start talking for like a few minutes to a lot more people or maybe have some more first phone calls if it even gets to that because you know if you have chemistry with somebody and if there's somebody who clicks with you when you're talking to them or when you are even chatting with them. And if you went on a lot of first dates, who cares? Meet somebody for coffee. Like, meet two people for coffee every uh, afternoon if you want. Any experience, as I said before, can really enrich your life. The more people you meet up with, the better. And this can help you. It can help your self-esteem. It can help you see that there's lots of nice people out there. And if there are people that aren't so nice, then you see that there are always more people that are out there in the world. It isn't so um, restricted as when you think that you can only date exactly this person that is um, specifically this way 
and makes this much money and is this tall and blah, blah, blah. Now, some guys say to me that they are really picky and that they only date like the hottest women because that's all that they're attracted to. Okay, I call bullshit, right? So I say, okay, yeah, really? So you like, of course, anybody would like to be seen with a 10. Who would you sleep with, though? What's a woman that if she was cute and fun and loving, where is the number, if that's how we're doing it, you know? And women do rating, too, but in different ways. But what is the level that you would be sexually attracted to? And then it's always like, oh, you know, five, six, seven, you know, whatever. It's certainly not a 10. There's, like, no man in the universe who's, like, solely attracted to women who are supermodels. And if they exist, I don't get them into counseling because there's such huge narcissists that they don't even ever think they need counseling. So the point here is go for the person that you are genuinely attracted to, not the one that you want to be seen with. If you yourself are attracted to a woman on her picture or in person, you never know how pictures are, like in person she could be a lot hotter. And it but your friends wouldn't necessarily think that she's the world's hottest person, big shit. They don't have to sleep with her. You do. So if you are especially somebody who is very driven by anxiety about what others think, this can be really productively explored in counseling because you know, there's that meme about like um, not caring about like the opinions of other people don't pay my bills. Well, you know, the opinions of other people also don't make you have a good sex life or a good marriage. So if you think deeply about the opinions of others and you really let these push you into certain directions in dating, you need to work on that like immediately. And because the only person who has to be happy with your partner is you. And if your friends don't think that your husband, your soon to be next husband is that, you know, impressive or hot or whatever, who gives a shit? Like they don't have to sleep with him. They don't have to marry him. They don't have to do anything with him. All they have to do is be polite to him. And also, by the way, this is a spinoff point, but if you frequently have a lot of friends by the way, that um, are very also kind of anxious and negative, and you're trying to stop being so anxious and negative, you may need to stop telling them so much about your dating life because they'll be, as usual, anxious and negative. So if like you are a divorced woman and your best friend is still a married woman and she's like super anxious, then when you say, oh, I'm going to go on a date with this guy, she's going to be like, did you do a background check? Did you do three background checks? Let me see his picture. Oh, I don't know. He doesn't look that great to me. Where does he work again? I don't know if that's a good job. I don't know. I don't know. Two kids. Mm, That's one too many. Don't talk to somebody who's going to be consistently negative and anxious because this is only going to bring out these qualities in you and it's not going to let you learn to be uh, your best non-anxious open-minded self. So when you're looking for other friends, you know, like as you go through your life as a single person, try to gravitate toward those who are positive and open-minded as a rule. And this will leave you in a lot better stead when you need somebody to bounce something off of. Because if your friend group is extremely anxious and judgmental, and it may well be, because especially if you yourself are uh, instinctively that way and trying to change, then you would have been drawn to similar friends. This is not going to be good for you. This is going to amplify your most negative, rigid qualities uh, in a negative, rigid echo chamber.
So make sure to kind of not take these people's opinions to heart. Uh, you know, like if, if you're going to show somebody a picture of the new person that you're dating, don't make it like your most negative critical friend. She's never going to think this guy's cute, right? Or nice or fun or uh, educated or whatever the decisive variable is. All right, so hopefully this episode gave you some food for thought. Um, I need another synonym for that, but I mean, that's really what it is. That's what I'm hoping to do is to cultivate kind of a more of an open-minded uh multi-varied perspective on any of these issues that I'm discussing and really something that makes you think about an issue in a new way and reframe it like a tiny little bit of CBT for you and uh, really can give you a different and more open, flexible way to view a lot of issues that is really grounded in realism and self-compassion. All right, well, I hope that everybody enjoyed this and have a great day.